This is Radio Maria England, and we now present Gifts of the Holy Spirit, presented by Father Sam Randall. This is Radio Mirror England. I'm Father Sam Randall. Welcome to our series on the gifts of the Spirit. So in this series, we're going to be exploring together with some special guests the gifts that God has given to his church through the Holy Spirit. And these guests will be sharing with us their experience and perspectives. Today's special guest is Damien Stein. Hi, Damien. Hi, Father Sam. How are you? Great. It's lovely to have you uh, with us. really is. Damien's the founder of the Catholic Charismatic Community Corey Lumen Christi. He's got an international ministry of preaching and teaching, a ministry that has been accompanied by regular manifestations of the spirit, gifts of the Spirit, including prophetic words, physical, psychological, and spiritual healings, and miraculous signs. I would say I've witnessed some of his ministry. It's impressive, but also very practical. If you want to know more about uh, Damien and his perspective, he's written a fantastic book. It really is. It's called Renew Your Wonders, Spiritual Gifts for Today. And it's published by New Life Publishing. I'm sure you can get that on Amazon, can't you, Damien? You can, yeah. Yep. So if you'd like um, to join our discussion and to share something about your own experience of the Spirit or ask a question, you can email us at info at radiomirrorengland.uk or you could phone us on 02037-818-423. But to, before we go any further, a prayer to the Holy Spirit for wisdom, and it's based on the prayer of St. Thomas Aquinas. So we pray in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit, divine creator, true source of light and fountain of wisdom, pour forth your brilliance upon our intellects and dissipate any, any darkness which may cover us, the darkness of sin and of ignorance. Grant to each of us a penetrating mind to understand, the lucidity to comprehend and abundant grace. May you guide our discussions and direct our deliberations. This we ask through Jesus Christ, true God and true man, living and reigning with you and the Father forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Before we get into the substance of today's program, where we're looking specifically at the gifts of the Spirit, um, I want, well, under David, Damien, if you'd share something, well, briefly about yourself, your ministry, and about Corey Lumen Christi, and perhaps even how your community has adapted to the challenges of COVID. Okay, um... Uh, I'm. I was brought up a Catholic. I went off the rails, <laughs> um, and then I had an encounter. I became an atheist. Uh, um, didn't think that was cool. It wasn't cool then. Um, and then uh, I had an experience of uh, meeting the living Jesus through the charismatic renewal. Uh, my parents had always been very faithful Catholics. Worked for the church, and then my, I had a kind of explosion. My life completely turned around. Uh, and then gradually, bit by bit, uh, God led me into uh, a ministry of teaching and preaching, the founding of the community and this uh, supernatural uh, gifts uh, accompanying the preaching. So I, I don't just people sometimes say to me, oh, you have, you have a, a, a lovely healing ministry. And I say, I don't actually have a healing ministry. I have a, a ministry of proclamation with signs because the teaching and the preaching of the word for us is the flip side of the coin. So the community 
also describes itself as a contemplative and charismatic community with a Eucharistic heart. Uh, because for us, this life in the spirit is as much an interior work and an ecclesial work yeah. as it is a overtly charismatic work. Um, so those three things are, are the kind of the pillars of the identity of the community. Uh, as far as the the ministry during COVID, so we, we run a lot of conferences. We do uh, evangelization, street evangelization. We have appointments for prophetic ministry, um, <coughs> um, uh, ho whole loads of different ministries. I suppose we must run, let me see, 35 conferences a year in various places in England and all over the world. Um, uh, and in the COVID thing, we, we, we thought that perhaps that might, you know, get killed off because, of course, we couldn't travel. Uh, but luckily, God told us uh, before the COVID thing broke out that we were to invest in a ministry in media. So we started doing that. And so when, once the COVID thing happened, we were already kind of, you know, tuned in for that. So we just bought some kit and got going. Marvellous. And, uh, and we've been running events that are last four or five events I've run. I've had six, 700 people from 30 countries. Wow. I run, I run a little thing on Sunday night called Live with Damien on our YouTube channel, which has people from between 25 and 35 countries watching every week. Amazing. So for us, what's happened is the thing has not been held back at all, actually. Wow. We're, we're reaching so, so some of our events have you know translation into seven languages you know so god has just really helped us and the thing has just flowered it's been quite the opposite uh and we've even had more vocations joining during this time uh so we have several priests queuing up to join several men queuing up who want to be seminarians uh for the community we've got several lay families are in the waiting list waiting to move in residentially live, live full-time or have joined non-residentially uh the non-residential branch of the community so we're just thanking god really wow it's wonderful. i mean it's been a time of terrible time for pe for people we know that but as far as the community's calling is concerned it's not been impinged upon at all no um when you said about the signs, you're, you you preach and the signs accompanying that, that it's just very biblical, isn't it? I mean, that's exactly what happened in the New Testament. That's exactly what happened in the early church. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's yeah, nothing new. <laughs> no, I don't mean. I didn't mean it like. Yeah, it's. But people are surprised. But we should. We perhaps should be more surprised if it doesn't happen. I think yes. It, it's the church is is becoming more and more bold in its. <laughs> in its clarifications of what what is normal. I remember, uh, I mean, the last five popes have been explicit about this. St. John Paul II said that the institutional and charismatic aspects of the church are co-essential. So, I mean, if you think about that, that's an extraordinarily dense sentence. And if you think the institutional aspects of the church are all the hierarchical gifts, including the sacraments, and the charismatic aspect is co-essential with that. That's putting it on a very, very high level. That's a saint pope teaching that. And there's been no teaching since that is in any way diluted that statement. Um, you know, we, we find that Pope Francis, for example, 
said to Catholics in 2013, Catholics should pray for miracles. You know, this is part and parcel of our the gift of our baptism, because when we're baptized, we are supernaturalized. We're raised from one state to another state. Mm. You know, so the supernatural realm is our realm now. Uh, so this is not something that is should be considered exceptional. And the teaching of the church on the charisms has made that absolutely clear. The official teaching of the church on charisms and charisms are supernatural gifts. They're not natural gifts. Yuvanesha Ecclesia makes that very, very clear. It says that they are not simply human capacities. No. Okay. They, they are not. They are supernatural abilities, uh, supernatural gifts. That means that these are, Vatican II says, distributed among the faithful of every rank. Mm. And that all the faithful have the right and the duty of exercising them. Th this is talking about what is normal. And what is normal are gifts that are not normal. <laughs> gifts that are supernatural are normal for supernatural people because Christians are supernatural people by their baptism. That's beautiful. It's like that Romans 8 reading that um, the Spirit himself testifies with our spirit. We are God's children. And if we are children, we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. Absolutely. Yeah. Supernatural children. Yeah. So, la listeners, last in the last series, we looked together at um, the Holy Spirit, just thinking about there's the third person of the Trinity is comforter and advocate and the significance of the Holy Spirit. Um, in the church, uh, the Holy Spirit is co-eternal or consubstantial with the Father and the Son. He is a distinct person, but he is there and he proceeds from the Father and the Son together, not by way of generation, but by way of spiration. So uh, it's what we're talking about is very practical. It's the Spirit that's poured out at Pentecost and it's the Spirit. Um, you often hear, don't you, Damien, that the, the, the Eucharist makes the church. Have you heard that expression? Uh -huh. I think that's from. Yes, uh, of course. Yes. Yeah. I mean, but yeah. you'd all, you could also say the spirit makes the church. Mm -hmm. No you? church without the spirit. I mean, Pentecost wouldn't have happened without the spirit. And actually the spirit, it's the spirit. Father Raniero Cantalome, so the papal preacher teaches the spirit gives us in the consecration Jesus so that in Holy Communion, Jesus might give us the spirit. Oh, that's beautiful. Um, yeah, when, in when the it, Eucharist, Thomas says in the Eucharist, the spirit is tasted at his source. Wow. What riches we have in the church. We do, yeah. So this uh, this session, I want to look at the gifts of the spirit. Whenever I talk to Catholics, they talk about um, the sort of the lists in, well, in the catechism, wisdom and so on. But it's much bigger, isn't it? It is bigger, yeah. Yeah. And uh, for you listeners, just so you know, look at Romans 12, 6 to 8, or 1 Corinthians 12, or Ephesians 4. <laughs> and it's not just Pauline epistles. You can also get it in 1 Peter 4. So can you, Damien, I want to, could you begin to explain what the gifts of the Spirit are, why they're important, and what, uh, what are they for? What do they say about perhaps God and the church, what the church should do? Okay, so... Um a charism uh, comes from uh, charisma, which comes from charis. Charis means grace, okay? And a, charis, a charisma is a gift of grace. Uh, so it's a free gift distributed by the Holy Spirit among the faithful. So you, we can't say 
um, right, I'm going to have the gift of healing uh, or I'm going to have the gift of uh, administration or the charism of teaching. Um, you know, these things are distributed by God. God chooses them. Karl Rana said we cannot wring these things from God. You know, we can't force them from his hand. But uh, depending on our uh, anticipation, it seems that God wants to pour out these charisms much more freely than we had thought. So just to give you a the readers a list of the charisms that Paul gives. Now, this is not a comprehensive list, but it gives you some idea of uh, the charisms. Okay, so remember, these, these are uh, supernatural gifts, okay? So I'll unpack that a little bit in a minute. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit, what for? For the common good, not for your own ego, not for your own, you know, um, showing off for the common good to one is given through the spirit the utterance of wisdom to another the utterance of knowledge or word of wisdom or word of knowledge um, according to the same spirit uh, to another the gift of faith by the same spirit to another the gifts of healings by the one spirit to another the working of miracles to another prophecy to another the ability to distinguish between spirits or discernment of spirits to another various tongues and to another the interpretation of tongues so these are all uh, uh, a list of charisms and these are uh, what we might consider overtly supernatural charisms so charisms are supernatural gifts, but they can also be the raising of a natural gift to supernatural capacities and effect. So, for example, if you're a uh, teacher, now you could teach about theology and prepare brilliant talks um, and people could learn a lot in the mind. But if you have a charism of teaching, that raises your teaching ability to a supernatural uh, capacity and impact. And people listening to you will have a revelation in the spirit of the supernatural truths and realities that you are teaching about, which you could not have imparted to them without the charism of teaching. Are you with me? So teaching, something like teaching can be raised. The same would be true of, say, leading worship in church. You could have somebody who's got a great gift playing the guitar or playing the organ, depending on the style you prefer, or Gregorian chant. You could have, you know, uh, somebody with great gifts in that area, in natural gifts, but somebody with a charism of worship in those gifts, when they play or they sing, the worship is raised to another level supernaturally and people encounter something of God himself when they're leading because this spiritual gift makes possible a spiritual encounter that is beyond the natural gifts capacities. So it is the supernatural life even if it is applied to a natural gift it raises it to a supernatural capacity. Now um these gifts are called manifestational gifts in the Bible. What does that mean? It means that they manifest the presence of God. And this is why so many people experiencing these gifts have an experience of God. This is why people who have an experience of healing or witness a healing or something like that, or these kinds of gifts at that level, 
are often have an experience of conversion or deeper conversion because it is a manifestation of the presence of God. And Cardinal Ratzinger, before he became the Pope, he wrote this, a dogmatic faith unsupported by personal experience remains empty. Remains empty. It's interesting he didn't say dead, but he said empty. It's as though you have the the uh, the holder the dogmatic faith is there to hold something but unsupported by a personal experience it remains empty so it's, it's like you have the wineskin no wine in it um and what the charisms do in part as mystical experiences do and other uh, graced uh experiences do is they make personal that which we no, theoretically. Um, or sometimes they reveal a living God to us who we didn't hardly know at all. I mean, that's happened to me when I've evangelized people in the pizza hut or somewhere else. Um, so these, these gifts are gifts of love. Paul says, make love your aim and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, these charisms. And we earnestly desire them because we want to love like Jesus loved, because we want to love in the power of the Holy Spirit so that our loving will have supernatural effect. Because these gifts, when they are harnessed to love, change lives. The kingdom is manifest. The church reveals herself when charisms are harnessed to love and charisms are really just tools of love tools of divine love uh, operating in our midst and every single member of the faithful from the simplest lay person to the pope is called to receive their own personal charisms and operate in them and has as the church says in the document of the church a right and a duty to do so so these are beautiful gifts. They beautify the church. They make the church fit and use, you know, ready and uh, and able to fulfil its tasks uh, and its mission. So, so I, I want to jump without in. them, the church can't be herself. So I want to jump in here with two things. Firstly, I mean, um, it's often assumed that these gifts. I mean, it's it's because of the devil of personalism, individualism. People have sort of have an individualized faith and you've been emphasizing that the gifts are not given for the person to self-aggrandizement or their ego yeah. but they're given that they might share the gifts of of love they're given for and uh, that's something that the catholic church really wonderfully emphasizes doesn't it it's yeah, yeah, yeah. It, and that's really powerful you said at the beginning that it's part of baptism so uh, there'll be a lot of listeners who won't have your experience of the gifts of the spirit at all. And this is going to be completely new to them. So uh, they're probably wondering, well, I've been baptized um, for those who are baptized or listening. And I, I don't know what what you're talking about. So how do you go from the baptism to the gifts you're talking about? So we would include, of course, confirmation in baptism because this is, a, yeah. you know, the fulfillment of the sacraments of initiation yeah okay baptism and confirmation but yeah confirmation yeah so so our our experience has been that if we want to grow in the charisms we need to uh develop our relationship with the with the person who brings the charisms the holy spirit 
And there are many movements of the spirit in the church and the church has affirmed many of these movements. Um, and I would say one thing that's been quite helpful in the charismatic renewal, which I'm not saying is a better movement than any other movement. I'm not saying that. But one of the things that's been helpful in the charismatic renewal is it has had this emphasis on developing your personal charisms, of trying to discover what your personal charisms are. And I'm, if people buy my book, they might find that helpful. I mean, my book is speaking much more explicitly about the spiritual gifts, the charisms of like healing, prophecy, you know, those gifts, which which Paul says we should all earnestly desire. Mm. So they, it, this is not a thing, a book for specialists. This is a book for every Catholic. Um, and this is why I have two cardinals have given it endorsements. Um, it is, it's a Catholic book for all Catholics. Um, but the development of our gifts, one of the key ways of developing our charisms is to get alongside those who are already exercising those charisms. Because faith to move charismatically, whether that means in an area of, of being effective in prayer for healing or effective in prophecy or effective in supernatural effect in teaching or supernatural effect in administration or supernatural effect in worship. If we get alongside people who have, as it were, cracked it, at least to some degree in those areas by God's grace, we can kind of catch something of the spirit that they have. Now, the other thing I would say is, it, it, as I say, it's important to read. It, we need to get the mind of Christ on these things. Um, so it's important to read. It's important to be alongside people who, who are making some headway in these areas. Uh, and I would say it's, it's important to pray. The early church waited and prayed. The early church, after it was persecuted, it waited and prayed again. Um, and it's interesting. It only says that Peter healed them all after the second experience of Pentecost in Acts 4 not after the first. Yeah. So something more seems to have been released after the second outpouring of Pentecost, when again, the, the building shook and there was wind and all the rest of it. So this, this thing with the gifts is an ongoing growing thing is mm. a, is an increasing growing thing. It's not like you're, it's an unpacking uh, as it were, an unfolding. So I would study, I would pray, I would get alongside people who are seeing the things that you would like to grow in in the area of the charisms yourself and persevere because these things do not arrive fully baked in our experience. Um, that happens with some of the greatest saints, but even with some of them, these gifts grew gradually. So, so perseverance um, is very, very important in this process. There's organisations that help people, aren't there? And yours is one, certainly. Yes, we run conferences like our Charism School, which helps to release people in their charisms. And, um, uh, and this Intentional Disciples uh, book, you know, this, which helps you to identify uh, your personal charisms. I think that's the, it's the Catherine of Siena Institute, isn't it? Uh, I'm not sure yeah. where it comes from. I, yeah. I, I, I met the woman who wrote the book some time ago. Um, what's her name? Um, if you Google, if you Google um, Catherine of Siena, I think it's um, Mary Healy, isn't it? Is she not, not Mary Healy? She a, didn't write that. No, she didn't write that book. But if you I do Google Catherine of uh, Siena Institute, um, you'll uh, you'll find it. So if you Google that, 
Um, yeah. And okay. Yeah, I think Elizabeth, my assistant, is just checking it out, so she'll find that for us. So there are listeners. Uh, if you're interested in what uh, Damien's saying, I want you to get hungry for the Lord and to go into the deep places, really, to get a hunger for the Lord. It won't happen, will it, Damien? It, it's not sort of something you can do lightly, you know, is it? It's you've no, got to be no, ser- I mean, serious I can't, about can't it. Decide, you know, I'm going to spend a week sort of finding what my charism is. You know, that's like saying I'm going to spend a week finding what who my husband is. You know, I mean, <laughs> it takes a little longer to develop something that's meaningful. Yeah. Um, and uh, do you think that, so? It's not a. It's not a. a it's not about finding. Um, it's not about saying, "Well, I want the gift of healing, so I'm going to become a great healer." So then I chase that down. What it is, it's discovering the gifts that God has given you, isn't it? It's tr- that's true. But what's interesting is. Quite often, God attracts us to the thing that we are actually called to, because intuitively we are connected with the things of the spirit deep within us, but we don't realize. So I remember being very attracted to reading books about the healing, about healing and thinking to myself in my, you know, enthusiastic 20s, you know, oh, I want to I want a great big healing ministry, you know, and all my motives were very confused, I must say. Um, uh, but even so, I now do have a, a healing ministry all over the world. And so something was right there. Something of the Holy Spirit was pushing me towards reading those books and then going to conferences about that. Um, so uh, it's not that we can, it's not like going to the supermarket and you think, you know, oh yeah, I don't want the gift of tongues because like that's a bit weird, <laughs> yeah. you know, uh, but, but, and I don't want the gift of casting out devils because I'm too afraid, but I'd like the gift of hmm, administration. That sounds pretty safe. Let's take that one. It'll help me with my tax returns. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it, it, of course it's not like that. Um, but I think once you start moving and getting in contact with people, people and reading about it people will be reassured this is something deep in the teaching of the church and in the tradition of the churches is very catholic this is not something that is is kind of for pentecostals as it were or those of that leaning people who are into you know the uh, extraordinary rite of the mass should be seeking out what their charismatic calling is this is not something for people who like guitars. This is something for everybody in the whole church. Yeah, it's it's Sherry Ann Weddell. That's it, Sherry Weddell. Yeah, it's Sherry Weddell. And she's written, uh, listen, some books on intentional um, discipleship, I think, as well as uh, on, right. on the gifts of the Spirit. So, And uh, her institute, yeah, it's... Um, it's the Catherine of Siena Institute. Uh, and uh, yes, I think you, you have to pay to discover your gift with them, don't you? Which is okay, because, you know, why not? Well, staff it's, have to be paid, don't they? Exactly. Invest in it. Listeners, it's yeah. worth paying for, you know. It's better than yeah. going down the pub, discovering yeah. what your spirit is, guide, uh, what your spirit gift is, the, the gift that you've got from the spirit. That's wonderful. So what happens if someone comes to use, uh, how will they, do, what's the sort of process? What sort of, you know, so I... We, I we, we, we run a con- it depends which conference we're running, but yep. if we run, say, our charism school, um, then we would give teaching, basic teaching from the church and the Bible on charisms. Then we would teach on pat- a particular charism. Okay, um, right, like so, prophecy or something. Well, let, let's let's take let's take healing for example. Yeah, um, healing's a little bit simpler to explain. So let, let's take let's take uh, healing. We we would have uh, now we've been doing this less during lockdown because of course when you pray for healing, most people uh, need the experience of of 
of actually connecting with human beings. Yeah. Now, for myself, I, I have gifts where I don't need to be with people for them to be healed. So I pray, you know, over the phone. I pray, you know, down online and people are getting healed. And my team have that gift as well. So, but when you're starting, that's that's not really the, the place to start. No, I just want to interject here. Leaders, uh, if listeners, if you think that's odd, St. Paul sent out handkerchiefs, didn't he, Damien? Yeah, of course. So, many, many people in the history of the church prayed for people at a distance yeah. and they were healed. Yeah. Um, Jesus said, you know, go back, your your servant is healed. You know, this is part of the Christian tradition. So um, there's, you see, there's no space, uh, there's no distance when Christians pray because there's no distance in God. Beautiful. There's, there's no distance. When, when I when I pray, the, what the internet has done is the internet has showed us what the king, what we had in the kingdom beforehand. Right. <laughs> That's yeah. what it did. It just kind of showed us that actually we are this close. We are a global village. You know, we're a global household. The church is a global household. Just like and Radio Maria. It's not just us. Yeah. It's all the saints and the angels of heaven. Yeah. We are living in the same household, the household of God. Um, so, so if you, but if you were to come to one of our live conferences, for example, we would teach on the gift of healing. Um, the other thing that's important to know about these gifts is they are not um, being very holy is not the qualification for starting. It's okay. not the qualification. Just remember, Judas healed the sick. He was one of the 12 who healed the sick. The, the Corinthian church, which had a, quite a lot of disorders going on in it morally, was one of the most charismatically gifted churches of the New Testament. So it don't, just because I say to you, you know, I, I have gifts of healing. I'm not making any claims about holiness in that. I'm making a claim about the gift of God, mm -hmm. the generosity of God. Now, should we seek holiness and pursue holiness? Of course. And if we don't, the charisms will corrupt. We will corrupt the charisms if we're not seeking holiness. But we don't have to be perfect before we start. So we teach people these things so that they get their minds, their thinking right. We teach them a few how-tos. Now, you can't teach people a charism, strictly speaking. A charism is a free gift. But you can teach people how to get like not put obstacles in the way of God's free gift, how to cooperate with that free gift when he gives. So we teach those things and then we say, okay, we're going to have a workshop now and we're going to pray for healing and you are going to pray for healing. And people get in small groups, you know, maybe five people, and we make sure there's, that there are people with physical problems uh, in each of the gifts, uh, those who are attending her physical problems, and each of the groups then pray the way we teach them for healing for those people. And in every single workshop, we see loads and loads of healings. And people are praying for healings who have never seen a healing and then see people being healed. Wow. Now, the only answer to that, people say, why is this happening? And we say, well, it's happening because God thinks this is normal. <laughs> right. And all we've done is we've agreed with God that this is normal and we have put you in a wineskin where God is able to be himself and release your uh, the power of the Holy Spirit that was in you to be normal in this situation. Is everybody healed? No, not everybody is healed. Do we have answers for all the people who are not healed? No, we don't. We have some answers, but we don't have all answers. My wife has had, uh, has had cancer. 
she wasn't healed supernaturally. I have been used to heal people with tumours as big as your fist disappearing instantly, as big as your head disappearing instantly, and they're still alive today. So, you know, sometimes God gives, sometimes he give, He doesn't, and there are sometimes reasons for that that we can identify, and there are sometimes reasons that we can't identify and we have to accept the mystery of it. Um, and are people sometimes called to suffer? They are. There is a time for that. You know, sometimes we have to pass through suffering. Uh, but all in the document on healing from the Vatican, even our sufferings, the church teaches, are for our healing. <laughs> Therefore, our healing in the in the inner part of us. So should we pray for healing? Yes. What happens if we don't see healing at first? Well, persevere. And if we still don't see healing, then we entrust ourselves to the providential love of God and we offer our sufferings with Christ until God deigns to heal us or takes us to be with him. Yeah. Um, that's that's extraordinary. So people's faith is encouraged. Uh, people are healed when they come. Um, yeah. So, and people discover they've got this charism. Um, yeah. And then what happens though? Uh, what, what would, you know, they leave your conference. Are they able then to exercise that gift? Do you get feedback from parishes? We or do. These people? Yeah, we what? do. And, and the feedback is entirely mixed. Yeah. And it seems to depend on two things. It depends on whether they find a context in which they can continue and persevere. Right. And on whether they do the things that we have told them they need to do about prayer and spiritual disciplines. Right. Because God can give you, as it were, an, a, a kind of prophetic experience in a conference. But then you need to go home and start putting down foundations. Because God can't build a thing up if you don't, if you personally don't lay the foundations. When you come to the school, you're standing on our foundation and God gives you an experience that's a kind of prophetic experience of what can be in your life. But then you need to go home, find a wineskin in which this can be expressed and practiced. And you also then have to lay the foundations in your life personally so that you can sustain the gift in an ongoing way. And sometimes that happens and we meet people years later and they've got a huge ministry of healing. I met a man, young man in Africa. He had a huge ministry of healing um, uh, from coming to the event because he put into practice the things that we did. Right. You know, um, uh, even even I remember talking to to Father John Bashabora, who many people may know, who's um, uh, I think he's uh, 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 I can't remember which African country he comes from anyway. Um, uh, and he, he, I said to him, oh, John, you know, nice to see you. I met him at New Dawn and, uh, we were chatting and, uh, he said to me, oh, no, I know, you know, Damien, I came to your school. I said, what, John, uh, John, this guy with this massive international ministry, uh, you came to my school. Yeah. Oh yeah. I came to your school 10 years ago. I came to your school. And then I, I said, um, Oh, did you? I said, oh, hang on. I have a film of one of my African schools here. And I got it up. It was on my phone. I said, uh, he said, yeah, there I am. <laughs> so, you know, even somebody at that level has retains the humility to keep getting formation, to keep sustaining the gift. Fantastic.
Father Sam Randall. Uh, this is Radio Maria England, and this is our series on gifts of the Spirit. And my guest today, we're looking at gifts of the Spirit, is Damien Stain. And uh, Damien is the leader of the Core Lumen Christi. Uh, actually, do you call yourself a leader? I'm the founder of it, yeah. yeah, we, have yeah. Ele- we have elected leadership. Do you know, I've been so impressed because so many um, ecclesial movements and communities collapse when the leadership goes awry. That is true, isn't it? But yours has got a different constitution. It's almost like um, you've built in structures to stop that happening. Yeah, we have. You know, founders have their their part to play. Oh, cool. But they can't play the whole part. And if they try, inevitably, they just, you know, they're usually not good administrators. And so the thing is restricted in its growth potential possibilities uh, and also they they can be quite demanding because they're often quite prophetic uh, and they're sometimes l- not pastoral enough so they can have great vision great standards and drive everybody mad so i, I, I have staff, staff my weaknesses um and i had a very very helpful spiritual director who was a carmelite theologian in ireland father christopher o'donnell and uh, and he and my wi- wife helped me greatly with a couple of friends in the community to realize that we needed uh, various other gifts at the top of the community, uh, not just my own. There you so go. God for them, <laughs> they save the community. What um, Damien's just said, listeners, is really about this, the the church. The church needs all these different gifts because we all play a part. It's the it's the wonderful image that St Paul gives of the body of Christ, hands and and feet and so on. We're all needed, all different gifts and coming together. Now, before we have that b- music break, um, we've been listening to the exciting things that are going on at Corleone Christie and the, and the conferences they run. But I'm interested in how this can work out in the parishes. And I asked Damien about that, so over to you, Damien. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. So what's happening in the parishes now is we're having a, a, you know, obviously everybody knows we're having a crisis in numbers, a crisis in youth. Um, But my spiritual father, my spiritual director would say it's not so much a crisis of faith as a crisis of experience. And so this uh, this encounter, this thing I said from Cardinal Ratzinger, dogmatic faith unsupported by personal experience remains empty. And uh, and that's going to be the problem in the parishes. We're going to have parishes that empty if we don't help people to have an encounter with God. And the charisms help that. They, they meet people at their point of need. Now, I think that this is being discovered. Um, many parishes are many parishes are beginning to look at Sherry Waddell's book. I know it's been taken up by, I think the Portsmouth Diocese in, in this country have taken it up. I think perhaps one or two other dioceses have. I know certainly some of the bishops have read my book um, because they've told me. Um, and uh, so I think this consciousness of charisms is something that is in the heart of the bishops uh, of this in this country. And certainly many priests are trying to take this forward. And I think it's going to be, you know, in done in stages, you know, it'll be an evolving thing. Uh, but the best thing to do, I would say, in if you want this to integrate into your parish, is to give Sherry's book uh, perhaps first to your, to your bishop, to your parish priest or one of your priests. Um, if you think your priest is a bit more familiar with charisms, you might give him my book. Um, but uh, then let him have some time with that. Pray for him while he's reading that, you know, um, and then 
uh, go to other parishes where these things are more developed. Maybe there's a parish that you've heard of which has a healing team. Maybe there's a situation which you've heard of that has, um, you know, uh, workshops on unlocking your personal charisms. Maybe go and attend, have the experience, you know, read Sherry's book, you know, and then come back and, you know, you know, run the same thing in your own parish and then get some training on how to how to run these things. You know, it, you can't just read one book and set up a healing team. You can't just read one book and start prophesying over people. You know, these three things I said at the beginning, prayer, getting alongside people and study, getting alongside people of more experience than you. These, this work can't be avoided. We expect our priests to go through six or seven years of training before we'll accept them to be ministers in our parishes. And yet people get married with six weeks training on how to get married. People, we, And what's happening is the laity think, you know, well, I just get six weeks training in the spiritual gifts, in the charisms, and then I'll just get going. Well, you can get going, but you won't sustain much for very, very long if you don't have prayer, connection with people who know more than you, uh, and the study. And that's what they're doing at the seminary. Prayer, connection with people who've been priests longer than them and studying what it's about. And so if we want these things to grow, we have to put the work in uh, yeah. and and there's no shortcut to it. But God will give us encouragements along the way to sustain us. But we also need people who will give us encouragement along the way. So, I, you know, I encourage you to go and see where this is working better. It might be in a community like our own or it might be in a parish um, or it might even be in a local evangelical church where, you know, you don't agree with their doctrine, but they're getting something is happening in the air in this area of charisms. You can you know, I'm not suggesting people with with who aren't strong in their Catholic faith do that, but people who are strong and rooted in their Catholic faith could go you know maybe even with your curate or somebody and see how is it you in this anglican church you've got this healing uh, team going can you teach us i'm sure they'll help you you don't have to accept the doctrine but you can accept some of the um the ex their experience and then bring it back and translate it through some my book which is a very catholic book or sherry waddell's book or other people's or the teaching of the fathers you know or saint thomas on the charisms you know these these things catholic things can then be integrated to help it to be authentically catholic but we have to see the need we have to realize that the church is not going to you know be built up and grow and do play its part unless we put the effort in uh, and we do these three things we have contact with people who are released in the charisms uh, more than we are and learn from them and be encouraged by them do the study and put in the prayer these are the three keys um i've noticed that randy uh, clark he he um he commends your book and he's done a book, hasn't he? Because he's very, he's definitely Protestant, but yeah, he, very, he's, yeah. he's done a, a book with Mary Healy, I think, uh, and uh, on the gifts of the spirit. And uh -huh. uh, it's wonderful when we can come together. I think about this a lot because, you know, it's sort of, you see in the New Testament that when they say, oh, um, they had their prejudices, they had their hang ups and, and they said, oh, you know, God can't possibly work with, say, with Gentiles. And then the Lord goes and pours out his spirit on them. And yeah, no, that's right. Yeah, it completely changes the way they're thinking. And uh, um, 
we should perhaps be more generous and not not restrict where God is working. You know, not say, oh, he can't do that and uh, be open to where the spirit may be blowing. Yes, I think what's happened is there's we've had a form of of ecumenism, which has been um, just this uh, trying to have sharing the lowest common denominator. Yeah, dead right. Well, really, yeah. all that does is it makes all the churches the poorer. It's true. You know, and, uh, you know, my ecumenism is not at all about compromising one dot of no. my Catholic faith. No. It's not that. My ecumenism is the ecumenism of John Paul II, which is an exchange of gifts. And John Paul II talks about ecumenism as an exchange of gifts. I have gifts to bring. People in the other churches have gifts to bring us. It wouldn't, if it was one way traffic, St. John Paul II wouldn't have called ecumenism an, ex an exchange of gifts. He'd have said, the Catholic Church sharing its gifts with the other church, but it doesn't say that, the other churches. He says it's an exchange of gifts, and now that requires a certain humility because the Spirit of God is working in the other churches, and we have to have the, uh, the self-confidence to know what are the gifts of God in the Catholic Church and to see that where the gifts of the Spirit are at work in the other churches, that's part of the inheritance of the Catholic Church. Yeah. And that that's not something it might not be. We might not like the style, but the substance of the thing, when it's truly the Holy Spirit, that belongs as part of the our Catholic heritage. Yeah. So, you know, we, we just have to recognize that, that these things, any work of the spirit. Is Catholic. Yeah. Any work of the spirit is Catholic when it's truly a work of the Holy Spirit. Uh, and so I, I get invited every year to go and speak. Now, Randy, I would disagree with Randy on many, many things theologically and some of some ministry things. I would disagree with him. But he's a very humble man and he invites me every year to go and teach on the supernatural tradition in the Catholic Church at his school, at his training school. And I go and that's what I teach on. I don't compromise a single thing about my Catholic faith. Wonderful. Now, that's extraordinary that he's so generous minded that he would invite a Catholic to come and do that to his non-Catholic, um, you know, young people and and adults on their formation program. Yeah. So, you know, a little bit of humility from us in the other direction wouldn't hurt, <laughs> you know? Yeah. No, it's absolutely beautiful. So, I mean, so there are there is great books as well. If you're going to study, there is this fantastic stuff, aren't there? Like, there is. You know, you don't. I noticed that you quote, say, John Wimber. Um, I do the, quote John Wimber. Yeah, yes, and he was very persecuted by evangelicals for helping Catholics. Yeah. <laughs> and he was an evangelical himself. Yeah, um, it's true. I went to a Wimber conference. That shows how old I am. Years and years ago, and uh, he was an extraordinary man of God. Uh, and yeah. uh, but again um full of surprises he died of course he had got cancer even they had a remarkable healing ministry yeah absolutely yeah another like i could think another would be andrew watson another remarkable leader mm -hmm. in charismatic things who also died um mm -hmm. yeah so so you know god is working in all sorts of extraordinary ways and extraordinary people and bringing i don't you think one of the fruits of the charismatic movement is unity I, I do. And the, the Pope says that unity is in the DNA of the charismatic Amen. movement yeah. um, and that that can't be avoided. Uh, and to be true, re, read the document on unity in the Second Vatican Council. Um, 
To be Catholic is to have a heart for unity. Now, I've said it three times now. I say it again for your listeners. That does not mean being woolly no. about our doctrine. It doesn't mean that. My book is full of Catholic teaching, you know, and statements from popes and fathers of the church and saints and theologians. It doesn't mean that. It doesn't mean that at all. But it does mean having the humility to know that God is at work in the other churches and that it's an exchange of gifts. They have a gift to give us. Uh, and and I will grow. And I personally have become a better Catholic by receiving gifts about the charisms from other people in other churches. Yeah. You know, they yeah, say we've got the, the Catholic Church by receiving some things uh, from those contexts. Yeah. Not everything, but some things. Um, it's People talk about the Catholic Church having the fullness, don't they? Yes, they do. Because uh, sacramentally, but also with this, uh, it's all these wonderful spiritual gifts as well. Yes, but the fullness is not fully realised. Um, it, it has the fullness. You know, all that you need for salvation is in the Catholic Church. Yeah. But does that mean that everything every gift of the church is manifest in the church presently no of course not you know so we know that from the history of the church what is in the church uh, as it were uh, by grace is more and more beautifully articulated uh, in the dogmas of the church things that were you know not very clear in earlier centuries became crystallized mm. in the in this what what you know uh, what we what we hear about the development of doctrine that newman speaks about yeah you know, this is the church is an unfolding beauty yeah uh, and one of the things that happens is that even people outside of the catholic church sometimes help the catholic church to enfold e e oh, Enfold uh, its its beauty to enfold, you know, to to un, to flower, um, and it, it's been very interesting that you know sometimes even heresies have prompted a more beautiful, fuller a statement of the faith of the church because it had to answer a heresy. Yeah. So so you know the church is un, is enfold unfolding unfolding its beauty is unfolding not everything has been seen realized you know the holy spirit will teach you all things and it is bit by bit step by step teaching the the church the people of god all things and we're in a season in which the holy spirit is teaching in a new way renewing the experience of the charisms and the power of the charisms as normal when you were baptized in the early church if you read that the, the the baptismal documents of, say, uh, St. Cyril, you know, you it says you will come up out of the baptismal bath and you are, had hands laid upon you to receive the outpouring of the various charisms of the Holy Spirit. You know, this was normal and it's being rediscovered. Yeah, recovered. It's beautiful. Recovered. Yeah. Yes, yeah, beautiful. Yeah. So, um, Damien, it's absolutely so encouraging to listen to you. Listeners, um, you read about it in the New Testament and you read about it in the lives of the saints, but actually these things should be uh, common in our churches. And that's what we hope for, for everyone, that the gifts of the Spirit, the gifts that Damien's been sharing with us, are, are there for everyone. The gifts of knowledge, faith, healings, miracles, prophecy, um, 
discernment of spirits, yes, even tongues, interpretation of tongues, as well as the natural gifts you mentioned. Or the natural gifts being raised, yeah. Yeah, being raised up of uh, teaching and worship and it's it's absolutely extraordinary. I want you listeners to be excited by this and to be hungry for this and to long for this and to pray for this. And Damien's given you all um, a sort of process, if you like. Pray, get connected and study. So uh, those are the ways to go ahead in this series. So this one, we're obviously looking at the gifts of spirit. Next one, I want us to come back to the new, we're going to come back to the new Testament and the, and the early church. These are normative experiences. Not just, it wasn't just then you'll see in this series that it's normative in the new Testament and in the early church. The following one, you'll see it's um, in the history of the church. And then we're going to look at the 20th century. I'm so encouraged by all of this uh, very much. And in a way we are, in in the season of the spirit aren't we damien we are father sam let 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 me just throw something to people that might feed them and encourage them we have a youtube channel it's damien stain and corrit lumen christi if you feed in that into your youtube search engine you'll find our our channel our channel's got a lot of teaching all our events are on there. You, so you can you can look at, we've got healing testimonies, testimonies, miraculous prophecy, etc. on there. So that's Damien Stain and Corrit Lumen Christi. And even if you put in Damien Stain, usually what, what comes out, that's D-A-M-I-A-N-S-T-A-Y-N-E. You, normally you can see the symbol of the community, which is a heart with light around it. You click on that and it'll take you to our channel. Uh, I was just wondering whether I could just finish with two quotes from popes who are saints yeah do and then and and then yes do and then i'm going to invite you to pray but do let's have the two quotes from the popes these are two of my favorite quotes from two popes different popes uh, from different kind of perspectives in a way one is saint saint pope paul the sixth he says this we cannot but desire that these gifts come and may god grant it with abundance besides grace Let God's church be able to obtain and possess the charisms. God grant that the Lord would still increase this reign of charisms to make the church fruitful, beautiful, marvellous and capable of inspiring respect, even the attention and amazement of the profane and secular world. Wow. And then uh, St. John Paul II says this. He said this in in 1998. Today, I would like to cry out to all of you gathered here in St. Peter's Square and to all Christians, open yourselves docilely to the gifts of the Spirit. Accept gratefully and obediently the charisms which the Spirit never ceases to bestow. There we are. Powerful stuff. Two Pope saints. Yeah, uh, these five popes you mentioned, it's just been, we're so blessed now to have Pope Francis. It's just been extraordinarily gifts to the church, haven't they? They themselves have been gifts to the church. Yeah, Um, and Pope Benedict was the same. He wrote many, many really strong things about receiving the charisms. Fantastic. Would you like to close with prayer for our listeners, please? So, Lord, we thank you. We thank you for the gift of the church. We thank you for the gift of your grace in our lives. We thank you, Lord, that you have raised us by our baptism and confirmation to a new level, a supernatural life. 
we thank you that these charisms are our birthright, our heritage, not for our own glory, but for the blessing and the building up of the church and the reaching of the world and bringing all to Jesus. I want to pray for all the listeners now, Lord, that you would ignite a fire in their hearts, that they would begin to truly hope that they can discover and ignite with your grace and minister in the charisms that you have given them, the charisms that you are waiting to pour out in their lives, Lord, that they can be the revelation of Jesus in their context as mums and dads, as grandparents, as aunties and uncles, as colleagues, as servants in the church, as ministers of the gospel, to their in their workplaces, in their parishes, in the street, in every place in which they find themselves, may the Holy Spirit release his power and manifest the glory of the beauty and love of Jesus through them to all. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Damien, very much for being with us and thank you for listening. Thank you for joining us for Gifts of the Holy Spirit. If you would like to share any stories or connections that you have with the Holy Spirit, we do encourage you to email us at info at radiomariaengland.uk. Father Sam would love to, to read your stories and perhaps share them also during the show. Thank you and God bless.